Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Leidig, and today we're going to dive off the deep end again, like we do pretty much every week, and get into another interesting topic. And just so you know, one of the ways that I pick topics to talk about some of it is just from personal experience or personal fascination. Some of it is, uh, you know, ideas that are given to me that I really enjoy. Or um, in some cases, like today, it's more of a, uh, a thing where, you know, I'll put it out to my subconscious before I go to bed. You know, what should I talk about um, for Nerd Unscripted? And then see what comes to mind whenever I wake up in the morning. And that was the case for today's topic was um, I just kind of put it out there. And the first thing that popped into my head was time travel. And it's such a fascinating topic to begin with. And we haven't really talked about it yet. So um, there are some other topics that I've been thinking about and looking at, some which have been suggested by some of you, uh, others that have been suggested by my wife, and uh, we'll get to all of those. I mean, you know, after doing this every week for weeks on end, there's always more room for discussion. And uh, so anyway, so time travel, it's something that we have often heard about. Um, we see movies about TV shows all of that kind of stuff. Um, Kristen and I watched a TV show for a while. It just recently got canceled, unfortunately, uh, called Timeless. That was very interesting. And of course, you know, there's the classic movies, Back to the Future and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but is it real? Like, or is it something that can really happen? Or is it just, you know, good fodder for science fiction stories? And over the course of the next little while that we're together, I'll share what my personal views are. Um, science kind of dictates that it can be possible according to Einstein's theories of special relativity. Um, theoretically, it can be possible, but there is no publicly known technology that allows for it. And I phrase it that way. Because, like many folks, I personally believe that there likely are devices that exist that uh, could, you know, give us the ability to travel forward or backward in time. Um, but imagine, imagine that in the wrong hands or the right hands, for that matter. But one of the things that I also want to kind of talk about as we go through this discussion is um, our perception of what it means to time travel. Like for me, I get this idea whenever I think about time travel as going into some device, you know, whatever that device may be, strap into a chair or, or whatever, or maybe walk through, you know, like uh, something like Stargate, you know, a portal or those kinds of things. And then somehow, magically, I appear in a different time and location and all of that. And one of the things that I realized 
was that we have those perceptions of time travel because that's what's been dictated to us as far as what it would look like or, you know, how it would work or, you know, whatever the case may be. That's what we've seen Hollywood tell us or what we've seen described in stories that talk about time travel. And there's certainly um, artifacts and different things like that, especially from the ancient world, where you see um, objects that are extremely out of place uh, given the time period, you know, like laptops and weird things like that showing up in ancient Egypt and, you know, like pictures of laptops and stuff. Uh, technologies that are kind of hard to explain. And you could argue that that has nothing to do with time travel. Maybe it's aliens or somebody incredibly creative or all the above. I mean, who knows? But um, to me, it's easier to believe that it's possible than that it's not possible. It's just uh, the challenge from the way I see it is letting go of the structures that define what time travel should really look like um, and open up our imaginations and creativity to perhaps other options. And, uh, you know, of course, there's always the discussion whenever you talk about time travel of going back and altering the past. Uh, which would have a major impact on the future or meeting, you know, a former family member like your great grandfather or meeting yourself, you know, if you go recent past or recent future. And again, I think a lot of that is um, writers in Hollywood just making shit up, honestly, just because it would be a good story. Um, I mean, the logical conclusion could be in traveling back in time that if you did change an event, say like, uh, you know, foil the assassination attempt by John Wilkes Booth so that Lincoln didn't get killed, you know, that somehow that would alter history and it would change a lot of things. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm not 100% convinced that that is actually the case or that that would actually be the case but first of all before we get into some of that you know is it possible or not through you know different means like a time machine um, let's talk about some other ways that time travel could indeed happen um, first of all, you know, some of the alien discussions where we see different aliens like the greys and different ones coming back there are some folks that have stated that they are actually not extraterrestrial at all, but they're actually future versions of ourself that have traveled back in time to, to gain access to source DNA, um, you know, from their past selves or, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, it makes sense to me. I could see where that could be the case. I kind of view time travel from the perspective of like a turntable. Um, it's very challenging to think about time in any form other than linear because that's how we're living life. We're living life in a very linear form, you know. So like right now, according to my clock, it's 10.08 Eastern Daylight Time on a Tuesday in 2018. 
and in a few seconds it's going to be 10.09 and then 10.10 and as we go throughout the day it's going to be evening and then morning again and the sun's going to rise and the sun's going to set and we go through that day after day and we mark that as a 24-hour day cycle because of the earth's rotation around the sun and uh, because of that kind of um, surrounding cycle that we're immersed in it's very easy to see how we get locked into this thinking of linear time and so to go back in time means to go to yesterday and to go forward or whenever to 1842 to go forward in time is sometime in the distant future or in the near future right but all of that thinking is based on linear time and assuming that there's like this uh you know, this slide scale timeline that we're constantly, you know, that like if there was a little marker on the timeline called life, that this marker would constantly be moving in a consistent, even path from left to right, left being um, past, where we are now being present, and where we're heading being the future, and that it's moving very linear, or you could use a clock face too, but moving very linear left to right because right means going into the future. And so that's how we often see time because that's how we kind of experience it. But in reality, our frame of reference for that is based solely on our experience on this planet as it revolves and rotates around the sun. Okay. So yes, there's other planets that rotate around other stars and all of that. And, but their sense of, time quote-unquote would be different because their experience would be different but imagine if you were separated from all of that and let's say that you were just on a spaceship um, out in the middle of space and you weren't rotating around anything and there were no suns or planets or anything nearby um, and just for grins and giggles let's say that you didn't have um, the ability to travel at light speed or faster than light technology or anything like that you were just in space and you didn't have a watch, you didn't have clocks on board or anything like that, would your perception of time be the same? And would time go by the same as what it does here? Um, some of the equations hint to the fact of, you know, the whole concept of time dilation. And so the closer you get to the speed of light, the more time dilates. So if you're traveling just under the speed of light, um, you know, the person traveling at that speed versus the person who is not, there would be a difference uh, where more time would appear to pass uh, for the person not traveling at that speed versus one who is. And so in essence, you are traveling forward in time just by going faster. And that's been measured to a certain extent. Okay. But, you know, we're presented with shows um, on television again, like Star Trek or Kristen and I are watching one right now called Dark Matter. It's a TV series on sci-fi. And, uh, you know, so they have faster than light technology. They have these blink drives where you can be one spot, one minute and, you know, 120 light years away the next moment in the blink of an eye. 
And all of that would kind of hint to time travel. Now, whether those technologies exist, at least for humans, who knows? Um, you know, none of us really know for sure what technology we have access to at the uh, hidden levels. But I would like you to consider um, that beyond all of these technologies, you know, these uh, things that may or may not exist, these time machines that may or may not exist, that we may indeed have the ability to travel through time in different forms. Some people could argue that um, that astral projection is a form of time travel. Uh, some people could argue that remote viewing taps into a form of time travel. Um, you could argue that dreams and visions um, prophecy all tap into a form of time travel. I mean, think about it. Um, you know, I've, uh, certainly seen pictures myself in the past that were not current time, um, images. And, you know, you have folks like Edgar Casey and Nostradamus and many, many more that have seen future events. So are they just getting a snapshot of the future? just giving the benefit of the doubt that they are really seeing something from the future or are they traveling there or is it something else, you know? Um, and these are probably more rhetorical questions than, you know, begging for an absolute answer because I think the reality is, is that we can't definitively say there's no such thing as time travel. You know, if anything, there's more arguments to the contrary, that there really actually is some form of time travel. But I think we limit what that would look like based upon what's been dictated to us, like I mentioned earlier. And so, like, I've heard stories. I remember um, this isn't really time travel, but in a, in essence, it is. Um, but I remember a story uh, when I worked for one of the Christian publishers years ago one of our acquisitions managers uh, told me about a friend of his who always had this desire to go to one of the third world countries. I forget which one it was um, to be a missionary there, but she just never could do it. Never had the money, uh, anything like that. Um, can you all hear me? Okay. I just got a audio notify. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. No, maybe so. Okay, good. Yeah, go to webinars really weird and wacky sometimes uh, with technology. But uh, anyway, so back to my story. This um, this gal always had this desire to go. I think it was like Ghana or one of those countries. Always had a desire to go um, and just was never able to. But she would spend a lot of time praying for these people, for the um folks who lived there, the villages and all of that. And uh, years later, um, she finally was able to go to visit this one village that she had been praying for for years. And she had never met any of the folks there. She had never written to them directly or anything like that, never sent photos, nothing like that. But um, whenever she got there, everyone knew her. And it seemed odd to her that they would actually recognize her, knew who she was, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, come to find out that she was told by a number of the villagers there 
that she had been there working among them for years as a teacher and, you know, taught them about the Bible, taught them, you know, regular uh, educational things like math and all that, uh, except that she was not there. Um, she just prayed for them. But for, to them, she actually was physically there. They interacted with her. And uh, I've heard several stories like that um, that are very similar. I can't say that I experienced anything like that myself, although that'd be pretty badass, actually. But um, so what happened? Did she travel in time? Was it, you know, some other kind of thing that happened? She wasn't, you know, using any kind of device or technology. She was just praying. But yet somehow she physically was there also, almost like in two places at the same time. You know, which the same physics that talks about time travel also talks about um, uh, bilocation and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, there's other times like I remember. Um, man, it's probably 20 years ago, at least. Um, I shared before about how I used to meditate to get um, ideas for book covers and stuff like that. And there was this one time I was working on a cover, two stories that are hitting my head simultaneously. So I'll try to tell both. Um, so I had this, uh, this book cover, I forget what, it, what book it was for now. It might've been, um, there was a book that I was working on years ago called worship for a pastor in Pittsburgh named Joseph Garlington. And uh, he was actually coming to visit the company that I worked for at the time, Destiny Image. And so, like, it's the day before, the night before he's coming, and I have no idea of what to show him, you know, for a cover design. And, uh, and so I went into this mode of just meditating and um, I got the idea to picture myself at this giant library and I somehow knew that the library contained a copy of every book that's ever been written. And so um, I, I did what you'd normally would do in a library. I tried to figure out, you know, like where alphabetically this book would be because I figured, well, if this library that I'm seeing in my mind's eye contains every book that's ever been written, then chances are that the book that I need to design the cover for is also there. And so my logic went that if it's, if it's already there in this library, that means it already has a cover. So all I need to do is find the book, look at the cover and then <laughs> design that cover. Like that was literally my logic. Um, I don't even know where the logic came from, but that's, that was my premise. And so I imagine myself walking through this library and seeing rows and rows and rows of shelves and um, got to like the W's, you know, or I guess the, I don't even remember how it was filed anymore. If it was under, you know, G for Carlington or W for worship, I don't know. But anyway, I remember finding this book and finding the book and pulling it off of the shelf and looking at the cover design. And immediately I knew that that was it. That was the right cover. So, um, as soon as I came out of that experience, I scribbled out a rough draft in pencil 
and then um, uh, created a design of it um, the next, the following morning before uh, Bishop Garlington arrived. And um, that is the exact cover that's on that book today. I mean, now we're talking, like I said, 20 years ago, probably. So <laughs> the book may not even be in print anymore. But um, but that was the design that I saw and that ultimately I created. Now, did I travel forward in time, you know, to see the book already done? Because it didn't exist yet, you know. I don't know. You know, I honestly don't know. I actually went through that exercise a couple times and did that exact exercise a couple times and it worked every time I did it. You would think, you know, whenever you have success with something weird like that, that you would do it all the time. Kind of like what I talked about with mental masterminds, but yet I didn't, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like every course that I ever want to teach, I should just go to the library or whatever, the uh, Divine Universal Library, and see what I actually taught so I knew what to teach. That way I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I mean, that would be kind of fun. Um, but anyways, it was one of those weird, interesting experiences. Uh, there was another time where... I was working on a book cover and I was completely zoned out. Like just, I don't know, almost to the point of being in another place. Um, and as I've shared in previous shows, one of the things that often would happen with me is I would get these, um, like these movies would just start playing in my head. I mean, it still happens today, but. I, you know, I remember this one time where I saw this scene and there was a nuclear attack and, uh, I don't remember a lot of the details now. I have it all written down, but it scared the daylights out of me. Like whenever I came out of it, I was physically shaking and I described it, what I saw to a friend of mine, like immediately and then wrote it all down. And I was to the point where at that time I was convinced that it was imminent, you know, that it was actually going to happen within the next 24 hours or whatever. And of course it didn't, you know, which is good. But what's interesting is that every so often that comes back to my mind, you know, that snapshot of what I saw. And, um, you know, so did I somehow peer into the future again? I, you know, I don't know. Um, and so let's think about this a little bit further. Whenever we think about time travel, quote unquote, does, are, are there certain rules <laughs> that we impose or that we have to abide by? Like for instance, is it only time travel if you use a device to get there? And if you don't, maybe it's not. Is it only time travel if you travel there physically using a, de a device or not? Like, so do, is that what defines time travel that, you know, your physical body travels there and so, you know, goes to into the future or into the past or whatever. So that's what time travel is. Is time travel a thing where you're in both places at the same time? Uh, or is time travel actually not linear at all? It, it actually is, um, a different dimension or a different, uh, a parallel universe, you know, something like that. 
Like, is that time travel? I mean, we know that whenever we dig into um, quantum mechanics and some of those uh, topics, we know that it's possible to have multiple multiple dimensions. Uh, we know that it's possible to have parallel universes and that they can be connected and all of that based on the math. The math hints at those things, but we still doesn't necessarily mean that we have experienced it. And then there are, you know, the, the uh, different videos and photos and evidence that's offered to us of time travelers. And you, if you're interested in this topic at all, you've probably seen some of the same photos that I have um, where, you know, you have somebody in a scene in the early 1900s and it looks like they're on a cell phone or they're wearing really odd clothes or, or whatever. And I have to tell you, um, I would say in most of those cases, my opinion, and, you know, I'm as big a conspiracy theory person as anybody is. And I tend to believe more in technology than not. Like, to me, it's more innocent until proven guilty, meaning that chances are it exists more than it doesn't exist. And the reason why I think that goes back to a belief that I developed years and years and years ago. And it's based on a, a verse in the Bible, actually. The Tony paraphrase of it is, you know, that God can do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all that we could ask or think. And I remember I used to always make the statement, well, I can think a lot, <laughs> you know, there's a lot that I can imagine. And so just based on that, I developed this kind of point of view where um, if I can imagine it, chances are likely that it's possible in some form because I can imagine it and that there's things that are possible that are beyond what I can imagine, but I just haven't imagined them yet. And so I tend to not rule out anything, you know, I'd rather just believe that it's possible just because I don't have evidence myself or I haven't experienced it myself. doesn't mean that it isn't real. Okay. Um, so whenever I see some of the evidence though, having said that, and I look at the photos and different things that are offered up that are unexplainable. Um, my opinion on probably 98% of those is one of two things. One, people are reading into a picture something that just isn't there. And very often the photo is blurry or slightly blurry. And, uh, and so because of this whole thing of how we tend to assign certain things based on recognition... It's like, oh, well, this is a, a small rectangular object that somebody's holding in their hand. Therefore, they must be talking on a cell phone. You know, the, the whole uh, cognitive recognition thing um, doesn't necessarily mean that it is actually a cell phone. Okay, it could be anything. It could be uh, one of those little makeup compact things that, yes, they had back in the 18, 19, early 1900s. It could be anything, you know. Um, and so... My tendency, as much as I believe that uh, time travel is likely a reality already, that most of the evidence that has been shown to us as evidence of time travel is either uh, misinterpreted or photoshopped. And it's just not real. And, um, and I have to tell you, I mean, 
You know, I've been using Photoshop for 25 years. I'm a bit of a master at it. I can make, I'm 100% certain that I could make a legitimate looking uh, photograph arguing the, um, you know, the possibility of time travel and you would not be able to tell that it's photoshopped. You know, because whenever I Photoshop stuff, I don't do like a lot of people do where you look at something and it's, you can kind of tell that it may be like somebody who's really skilled at using image editors uh, like Photoshop, you get into a level of tonal mapping, um, pixel matching, um, all that kind of stuff, because all of that matters. Like the grain of the film of the old photograph you have to match the grain. You have to match the pixel shape. You have to match the light direction, um, the tonal range, blacks to whites. Like all of that has to be matched if you're really going to pull it off. And somebody who's really good at an image editor can do all of that. You know, they know how to do all of that. So you look at the image and it's like, well, this is obviously real. No, it isn't. It's Photoshopped. And, um, and so I think that there could be some cases where, you know, there may be legit photos that represent a time traveler, but I think most of them are probably bullshit, uh, or misinterpreted or, or something like I've even had photos that have been sent to me where people said that these are legitimate photos of ghosts and all of that kind of stuff. And they're real and, you know, whatever. And uh, every single one that I've been sent ever um, has been a fake, you know, and I break it down, show them exactly where I determined that it was a fake, how it was faked, all of that. Um, and so with me believing that most of it's fake, does that mean that I don't believe in time travel? No, actually, I do believe in time travel. Um, I just think that some people love providing hoaxes you know, to get us to believe. Now that said, there are unexplainable events. There's unexplainable, um, proof, we'll call it. Um, and not just current day, present day. Um, I remember like whenever you really dig into this kind of research, um, I think it's important to go back in time not from a time travel perspective, but from a research perspective. And I've done some research along those lines, and there's been some very interesting things that I've discovered along the way. Like one of the things that I've really enjoyed researching over the years was um, uh, Native American myths and indigenous myths, like from different countries, not just um, North America, excuse me, North America. And whenever you really get into some of those myths, I mean, yes, they're myths um, and they're presented that way as stories. But with most of those stories and myths, there's always a level of truth. And whenever you start following the path of truth, that's when you can make some very interesting conclusions that could point to things like time travel. Um, and there's one with the... Um, uh, one of the tribes that lived in the Great Lakes region, both in the U.S. and uh, in Canada, um, 
don't know why their name is excluding me or just escaping me for the moment, but um, you dig into some of their early legends and myths. They talk about um, being able to travel using a whirlwind and that they would actually meet with the Hopi and some of the others in, uh, in the Southwest through these whirlwinds. And, uh, you know, so one moment they would be in the Great Lakes region. The next moment they are down in, you know, Nevada, Arizona, that area. What are these whirlwinds? Like, what on earth are they talking about? Is it a machine? You know, are they somehow traveling, you know, through time, through a tornado? (laughs) You know, I mean, what is it exactly? Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know what they use. But one thing that I did discover in a lot of that research, and, you know, I would also look for comparison stories like in Hopi legends to see if people from the North came and all of that. And, of course, they did. Um, But one of the patterns that I started noticing in a lot of my research is that the different indigenous tribes here in North America and other places around the world would often talk about these um, uh, whirlwinds. You know, they would talk about uh, using um, these whirlwinds to travel, whatever they were. Um, And so does that mean that it was just a story or that they actually did it? Well, I didn't live then and I didn't experience it myself, so I can't say with certainty, yes, this was time travel. It actually did work. Um, or distance travel, or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm smart enough to realize that um, I can't just out-of-pocket discredit something because I wasn't there, you know. But the fact that people will blindly believe something, even though they weren't there, I think is also not the smartest positioning either. Um, And so... Uh, I find it very curious and pro- likely possible. Uh, there's a lot of things we don't understand about uh, ancient technology that, um, you know, it's easy to dismiss. You know, you get into discussions about Atlantis and, you know, different groups like that, uh, even ancient Egyptians that are uh, supposedly incredibly advanced back in the day uh, compared to what we are today. Um like we don't see it, but that doesn't mean that it didn't exist. You know, just like uh, there's been different conversations, current and past, about portal technology, which would be another potential way to travel back or forward into time. And, you know, we see movies and TV shows like Stargate, you know, which represented a type of portal technology. And, um, we think, oh, well, that would be really cool if we could do that. And yet, uh, you go back again to the ancient myths and legends, especially down in South America, and there's a lot of talk of portal technology. You know, now these portals are not necessarily what we would um, imagine today, like the Stargate with these weird looking symbols around it and. Somehow you activate it and walk through this water-looking stuff. I mean, again, um, our perception of technology or 
you know, in this case, time travel is dictated by Hollywood or by books or whatever. But yet you talk to shamans in Peru and different places like that, and they'll take you to spots in the mountains where you see these square rocks. And they point to it and say that it's a portal. And you walk up to it and, you know, you can pound on it with your fist and it's like, it's a rock. There is nothing going to happen that I'm going to walk through that rock and go to a different place in time or space. But yet, just because you have an experience, that doesn't mean that it isn't real. Or it could all be BS, you know, for all we know. Um, I would tend to believe that it's not. Um, but that there's a, uh, a, that there's truth in it, like a kernel of truth. And the reason why I would say kernel of truth, even with current day discussions about time travel, is <clears throat> that it, to me, it comes down to the, um, the whole notion of whisper down the row. I don't know if, I'm sure you probably played that game as a kid where you have a whole row of, of people or children or whatever and the first one at the far end whispers something to the person next to them. And then they have to tell the next person and the next person and so on and so forth. So you get to the end of the row and then you compare what the person at the end of the row said to what they said at the beginning of the row. And in most cases, it's not exact. And in some cases, it has no bearing whatsoever on what was originally said. It's completely different. And uh, so I think a lot of the stories and proof and myths and different things like that that we have, um, very often they're oral traditions handed down over time, or even if it's modern day where you have insiders that are sharing what they um, saw or experienced themselves, um, those stories are told again and again. Um, and so there's a distortion that takes place. And uh, so that's why I always believe that there's an element of truth. Now, my personal view of time travel, beyond the fact that I believe that it's likely possible and happening all the time, um, I'd love to say that I've been able to go into the future. Other than the snapshots and things that I've seen like that, I can't say that I have. At least not that I remember. And I certainly didn't participate in some kind of physical device, something where I got in and all of a sudden, you know, we're in 2218. Although I think that'd be pretty awesome. Um, but the way I typically think about time is more of a spiral. You know, we talked about, um, you know, how some of the ancient or the older Native American tribes, the medicine men, would travel using spy, um, uh, whirlwinds, right? And so I got thinking about whirlwinds and started thinking about spirals and um, started asking questions like, what would happen if time was actually based on a spiral rather than linear? And so kind of like a record, like if you imagine a record on a, um, on a turntable, if 
you put the needle at the outside edge, as it turns, it slowly works its way to the inside edge, right? But if you took that and went three-dimensional with it, it would have kind of like a corkscrew effect where, um, you know, if you started at the top, you would work your way through eventually uh, down toward the bottom, right? So there would still be an element of linear to it in the fact that you're moving in a specific direction. But as you know, like with a turntable, you can, of course, run it backwards also. And that's when you get to hear all the, you know, cool phrases about Satan and stuff, <laughs> at least according to some people. Um, but anyway, so imagine this, um, this three-dimensional spiral, okay? You could say that it's the golden mean spiral, perhaps. Um, that would actually make sense from a mathematics perspective. But let's say that you're uh, in the spiral and you're traveling down through, like think of Nautilus shell, right? You're traveling down through this spiral and you can go down or up, okay? That's more of how I personally view time, that it's not like this thing that we're moving forward, um, you know, like along a linear path, but that we're actually on a spiral of sorts. Now, it's uh, whenever you think about uh, time from that perspective, what does that actually look like? Or how could that be interpreted? Like a whirlwind, right? Like a tornado or, a, you know, a twister or something like that. Uh, a hurricane, you know, where you have the central core, everything is spinning and you can go up and down through it. And so I think that like some of those natural phenomenon that we see in nature probably hints more at time travel than what we realize, you know, that uh, anytime you have movement like that in a spiral, you're dealing with frequencies, you're dealing with um, different kinds of motions and pressures. Um, and then the, there's the mathematics behind it all. And so, you know, if you do any study on like, um, uh, shoot, what's some of the, my, my brain just went blank for a minute, which means that, you know, I'm getting off my beaten path, but, um, oh, shoot, I can't think of the one name. Some of you probably know it where you take, um, the number and then double it and then double it and keep going like that. It creates a natural spiral. I can't think of the name right now. Begins with an F. I don't know why I don't remember it, but anyway, um, if you look at like, uh, pine cones or, um, sunflowers, um, the way, uh, certain trees grow, uh, you see this same mathematical equation that exists in those plants. Uh, Fibonacci. Thank you, uh, Bob. Ro uh, Robert. Yeah, uh, Fibonacci progression, as Kathleen says. That's exactly what I was thinking of. I think that time travel is somehow related to that. Don't know how exactly. Um, one thing that I'll say, this is a, an aside, but it just popped into my head. Um, it was about a year and a half ago something like that. And Kristen will attest to this. I woke up in the middle of the night, which sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I have these very vivid things going on in my head. 
And I woke up in the middle of the night and described to her in detail um, a device that would enable, it was basically like a type of portal technology where you could uh, move through time, you could um, uh, travel from one place to another, all of that. I described it in detail, like exactly how to build it, how to make it, how it would function, everything. And, uh, she's like, oh yeah, well, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like three o'clock in the morning and neither of us had the presence of mind to record it because I was like in this, um, hyper dream state. You know, I wasn't like actually, uh, cognizantly awake, you know, and I described this whole thing and I'd love to tell you that I remember what I said, but I don't. Um, but anyway, I, the one thing impression that I have is that it was actually based on some of the, um, the math, you know, some could also argue that it's a matter of bending, um, the whole space time continuum. There's a lot of different things like that that could be, you know, used to create it. And a lot of that technology is just beyond my capacity to understand it in an awake state. I just, you know all of us probably, I think that's probably true, but you know, um, there, there one, uh, there was one story that I came across a while back about a guy and, uh, the story is to justify that perhaps he was a time traveler, but there was this guy who, um, decided to play the stock market and, uh, he had like $800 and within two weeks he had turned that $800 into like $350 million. And, um, every single investment and everything that he made, the timing for everything that he did was like he had advanced knowledge. And so some people use that, ex that experience of his, as he was a time traveler and he had, you know, all that information. Of course, you know, if you ever want to draw attention to yourself in a really big way, start investing in stocks with 800 bucks and turn it into 350 million in two weeks. Um, <laughs> you know, you're going to get the attention of a whole lot of people and he did as well. So because he was able to do that, does that mean that he was a time traveler? I don't know. You know, I'm, you know, it would be awesome to be able to, uh, to be able to see this week's lottery numbers, you know, or next week's lottery numbers and go back and then actually play them and, and win. I mean, how awesome would that be? Um, but to my knowledge, well, I certainly haven't done that. Um, and it's not that I haven't asked. Okay. But, um, it, it's fascinating. And that, uh, I love those kind of imaginings because it really gets down to a, a bigger question of if we could travel through time forward or backward, what exactly would we use it for? Like, what would we do? You know, would it be just to make ourselves rich in this current time period? Um, while that would be fun um, for a moment, uh, I think there's a much better use of technology like that than just getting rich. Okay. And I mean, again, the math isn't really, even though the math exists for the basis of it, it's not really 
simple or straightforward by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, think about it this way. Like, we're on the Earth. We're rotating around, you know, just the Earth itself is spinning. Uh, like a top. It has a slight wobble to it. We uh, have the moon going around the Earth, so that's influencing it. We have the Earth going around the sun. We have the other planets going around the sun at the same time, and so there's all these variables that are going on. And then we have um, uh, our solar system is part of the Milky Way galaxy, which is rotating around the central core. The Milky Way is part of a supercluster of galaxies, all of which are rotating. And so whenever you start uh, thinking about like going backward or forward in time, from a practical perspective, it's not just like turning a dial and all of a sudden it's 1865. Like uh, in the grand scheme of the universe, that specific location of let's say where John Wilkes Booth was on the night that he shot Lincoln, right? The specific location of where he was in time and space might have been, you know, millions of miles away from where we are right now on the planet because the Earth would have been in a different position. It would have been in a possibly a different tilt. It would have been in a different location around the sun. Our solar system would have been in a different location than what it currently is right now. Now, a lot of that can be determined and calculated through math, but, you know, that all plays into time travel, forward or backward. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to go back to 1865, and all of a sudden you're out in the middle of the freaking, freaking space, you know, or on the moon or something. Because, oh, wait, the Earth wasn't here in 1865. It was a million miles to the east from where it is right now or whatever, which actually there really aren't directions once you get out into space. It's all like out there. There isn't really up or down or east or west or whatever. Um, and so from that perspective, again, our views of what time travel is is very, very limiting. So back to the question, what will we use it for? Just for a new form of vacation, a different way to travel, um, to figure out how to cheat the lottery or change human history. Um, to me, those are all very trivial things. Um, as far as using time travel. I mean, would it be cool? Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm a history buff, so to me, I think it would be 100% badass to be able to go back in time at any given moment just to see what really happened. I mean, think about it, you know. I mean, I've often said, you know, if heaven is real, I hope that they have a really awesome Blu-ray library so that I, there's a lot of things that I'd like to go back and watch. But time travel would theoretically give you that ability. You know, like if you ever watch that show, Timeless, you know, they go back to when the Hindenburg crashed and, you know, all the different things like that. Um, but it would be interesting to see those experiences living at that time. Um, and, and a new idea just popped in my head that I'll get to in a minute. 
Um, but it would be really cool to be able to, you know, to go back to when um, Jesus was alive to see, you know, what he really looked like, you know, which he obviously did not look like a white dude, um, you know, to see what he actually endured or if he actually endured it. Because here's the thing, you know, we, uh, many of us grew up, you know, in church, in Bible school, reading the Bible, all that kind of stuff. And so we take a 2000 year old book at face value, but, and there's, that's fine. But the reality is we weren't there, you know, so it may have played out different whisper down the row than what we believe it did. Um, what happened with the ancient Egyptians likely played out different than what we've surmised. What went on at um, Machu Picchu or Tenochtitlan or any of the other places could have played out different than what we've surmised. And to me, I think it would be um, very eye-opening and revealing that um, of what we would actually see versus what we understand to be true. Okay? Now, that leads me to this other thought that I just had, which I had not considered before now, but it's a very interesting discussion. For those of you who believe in um, reincarnation, Imagine, let's say that in a former life, you lived as an Egyptian servant, you know, that you're one of the ones that actually helped build the Great Pyramid of Giza. And you were also, um, you know, you are also part of the uh, Viking invasion of Britain, you know, as a Viking. And you were also... Um, on the Greek Senate. And you were also uh, a French person during World War I. And you were also uh, someone who was part of the hipster movement in the 70s. And so on. So let's say reincarnation is real. And we've talked about this some before. Um, would not that be a form of time travel? And what about the future? Um, there are some regressions. I don't know if any of you have gone through past life regressions. I have once. And I've had a couple other experiences that were kind of very similar. And I've also um, met one person, and I've not had the chance to to work with this person yet, but I've, I met him in Austin, I think it was, um, who does future regressions which I guess it would be not a regression, it would be a progression or whatever, where they take you into the future instead of the past and you can see your future self. So is that a thing or not? You know, so there's a lot of different ways to think about time travel than just the classical sense. Although I think the classical sense of it all could be true. Um, it always seemed risky to me, though, to be in a machine and then all of a sudden you pop up somewhere else. Like, what if somebody finds your machine? Then you're kind of screwed. You know, it to me, it would be more cool to just be able to think it and then all of a sudden you're there. So does that mean that that could be possible for us to get so focused in our mind's eye 
to shift our vibrational frequency as a person or as a being to where we would move forward in time or backward. I don't know that I could rule that out either. Uh, just because we don't know of anybody who's done it, again, doesn't make it real or not real, you know? Um, and I would like to think that if anything, as we evolve as spiritual beings, human beings, um, and function at a higher vibrational level in some form or another, instead of, you know, living a life of stress and worry and hate and anger and killing and violence and all of that, of living in a place of love and peace and gratitude and, you know, well-being for our, you know, for mankind, that uh, from a psychic perspective, I can't think of a better word right now, from a psychic perspective, would that open up possibilities for us from a time travel perspective without any device or anything like that, but just that we're in a different place as a human race? that would time travel be possible? I don't know. Um, but I can imagine a lot. And in my mind, I can imagine that it's possible. You know, that we actually could do that somehow. Do I know how? No. But as we've learned, there's a lot of things that over time we've believed was impossible. Until somebody does it. And then all of a sudden, it's possible. Because lots more people do it. You know, like the classic example is running a four minute mile. Everybody thought that was impossible. And then somebody did it. And then a whole bunch of somebody's did it. Um, not me. <laughs> there will never come a time where I run a four minute mile, even if I'm being chased. Like um, the way I look at it, if we're in a zombie apocalypse, I only have to run faster than the person behind me. And I'm good. So. You know, there's that. But anyway, I'm sure some of you have comments and all of that. And I'd love to read them. So I'm going to go over here to the comment section and see what you got. <clears throat> Tony says, it said that Bill Gates got a lot of his product ideas from Star Trek. Uh, my Nokia flip phone looked like the Beam Me Up Scotty Communicators. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had the same kinds of thoughts before. Carolyn says, love dark matter. Yeah, we're still going through it. I think we're in the middle of uh, season two right now. We're binging it. We watched probably four or five episodes last night. That's how we celebrated our anniversary. We went out for... Uh, filet mignon and came home and watched like five episodes of dark matter. Uh, and you know, we have the big projection screen, so it's, it's like being at the theater except here at the house. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Our next one, we're also watching Killjoys, but we're mostly caught up to present time. And, uh, I've been reading some really good things about, um, the series called the expanse that I, I think we're probably going to watch next, but anywho, Um, Herda says there, they say there is no time and everything is happening simultaneously. 
Yeah, and that goes along with more or less what I believe. Um, with If you think about it as a spinning spiral, um, everything would be happening simultaneously. It would just appear different based on where you were along the path of the spiral. Um, Carolyn asks, why couldn't you see a bomb dropped on Japan or another past event? It was definitely not a past event. Um, uh, and I don't remember all the reasons why I knew that. Like, one of the things that I found in weird vision experiences and stuff like that is that there are times when you just know things within the context of what's happening. Like, there's just there's just additional knowledge that you have, um, in the context of what you're seeing. And, um, and I had that going on with this, like it wasn't something in the past for sure. It was definitely a future event and it wasn't just one nuclear bomb. It was multiples going off. Oh, interesting. Um, Kathleen says there's a book about teleportation in some native cultures, um, mainly uh, Toreg and Haitian by a documentary filmmaker Faces in the Smoke. It's so fascinating. I have to check that out. That sounds like a good read. You give me a lot of good book recommendations, Kathleen. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Tony says it might be trivial, but knowing the lottery would be a good start. I'm not arguing with you, man. <laughs> I would tend to agree with you. I think uh, Mega Millions just went over 200 million this week. Um, I would have no problem going into the future, getting those numbers and playing. And uh, Tony also says, just think of who you could, uh, who you could go and talk to through time. I know it, it would be fascinating for sure. History as we know it, I believe, is not the reality of what history was. Uh, history, you know, some have said that, um, you know, history is told by the victors, uh, which there's definitely an element of truth to that. But also, whenever you figure major historic events, and the number of players that are often involved, including bystanders, um, what we see and experience is filtered through so many different of our own um, expectations, um, culture, you know, all of that influences it. And so that's why you could have a mass event where even a small mass event where 50 or 100 people are involved. And then you talk to them and there's definitely going to be similarities. But there's also going to be a lot of differences, and those differences factor out based on their own personal beliefs, points of view, so on and so forth. And so then accelerate that through time, you know, uh, decades or hundreds of years or thousands of years. 
and apply the whole whisper down the road theory to it all, you can see how things definitely get skewed. And so while there may be good written records of certain things that happened, like Napoleon, you know, for instance, or whatever, um, I still believe personally that the reality of it all was different than what we understand. So from that perspective, you're right, Tony, it would be amazingly cool to be able to go back and see what really took place in the different times and to talk to and get actual insights from uh, different folks. And like, you know, whenever you're going back in time, you're also messing with the possibility of parallel realities and all that kind of stuff. So like, let's say that we could stop the assassination of um, Abraham Lincoln by John Wilkes Booth. Does that mean that Abraham Lincoln would be safe or that he would just die in another way? You know, I mean, that's another way of thinking about it. So I don't know. Um, and Kathleen says a shaman would use it only to serve his or her people. A sorcerer would use it to serve himself. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Very well put. Mark says, one of my favorite subjects, and I got pulled away just in time to almost miss it. Uh, Mavis says, how about a third option to travel to time travel by machine or focus uh, time travel through an implant device? Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. If you have an extra one. <laughs> I would definitely take it. And Lori says, happy anniversary. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And William says, won't perceptions be different at different points, whether you're on a timeline or a spiral? Yeah, I I absolutely believe that. And, and see, that brings up another question, though, too. Um, and I think it's all these questions that could actually bog us down the... the uh, Reality of time travel is probably much simpler <laughs> if we get right down to it. But, um, you know, let's say that any one of you and me both decided that we're going to travel back to a specific event, let's say during the Civil War. And we are both using the same device or the same method or technique to travel back in time. Every one of us has different beliefs, has different, um, you know, heritage, a different heritage. So our DNA makeup is obviously different. Um, we have different cultures um, and upbringings like Tony here, for instance, uh, is in the UK. So his frame of reference for things is going to be different than mine. Yes, we have the same first name, but still different frame of view, different reference, different DNA, different locations on the earth. Uh, everything is different, even though we have our same first name. So let's say that Tony and I use the same method to time travel back to the same point and the same location in time. And then we did it, observed it, and then came back forward again and then gave an account would his experience be the same as my experience? Absolutely not. In my opinion. 
because our frames of view are different. Um, our makeup is different. Our DNA is different. Everything is different. So, uh, and, you know, speaking of DNA, how does that factor into time travel? Um, you know, don't know. But anyway, so there's a lot of things like that. that and it may not make a difference uh, traveling back, but I would venture to guess that it would. Because my um, perspective of, you know, having, you know, ancestors that fought in the Civil War, I don't know if Tony does, um, but just even that cultural dynamic alone would uh, change things. So does that mean that time, um, that that time was different for him than what it was for me? Not, I guess, uh, from the purest sense, the answer would be no. But from a perception perspective, I would, I would be inclined to think yes. Tony says you'd have no problem spending 200 million either dinosaur park. Oh, that's exactly what would happen. Yep, the timeline would just get pushed up on that park. We'd go uh we would go shopping for commercial land for sure. Real estate. William says, think it and be there. Your imagination at work. Yep, exactly. Uh, Mark says, time, I have come to believe, is totally relative to your physical placement. Einstein's now uh, thought to be proven theory of the warping of time in uh, within a gravity well is the basis. But I also subscribe to quantum idea that if it can be thought of, it can be possible. Yeah, I think there's a whole lot to this that we will discover in the future. And I'm not saying that I don't believe that there are people already or beings already traveling through time to where we are currently or whatever. Um, again, I, I definitely ascribe to what Mark says that if we can imagine it, it's definitely possible. Um, and maybe even for us, who knows? But I, I do believe that we have to think about it differently than what's been prescribed to us through media and all of that. It requires, you know, what was it? Um, Einstein said, I forget exactly how he worded it, but it was something to, to the um, perspective of um, you can't, I forget how he said it now, um, but you'll know the quote that uh, the same level of thinking can't solve uh, a problem that was created using that same, I forget how he worded it. Um, the same level, the, the level of thinking that created the problem can't be solved by the same level of thinking or something like that. In other words, we have to think differently. That's the challenge. Yeah, Tony kind of uh, sums that up too. Um, basically, what we have here right now and understanding things based on now won't take us to the next level without thinking about it from a different perspective. 
Um, Kathleen says, one of my metaphysical teachers scoffed at, is it just my imagination? She taught that the imagination is a tool vehicle, a tool or vehicle. Your imagination is what you use. I like that. Uh, there it is. Uh, Robert, thanks. Uh, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. Yeah, that's it. And I would, I would expand on that and say that we can't, uh, we can't create new technologies or new understandings using the current type of thinking that hasn't created them. You know, like if our current way of thinking could create time travel that we would view, we would have done it already. So the fact that it doesn't exist in our awareness, not to say that it doesn't exist on this planet, but in our awareness goes to demonstrate that the current level of thinking can't create it. Doesn't mean that it don't exist. It just, it can't create it. It requires a different point of view, a different way of thinking. And I think that that really is ultimately our challenge, um, is understanding that from a, an imagination and creation, we are creators. So from that perspective, that we have this tool, as Kathleen said, of imagination, that we literally can create anything. It's getting our um, awareness separated from the conditioning that we live in on a regular basis that prevents us from thinking outside the box, so to speak. Um, and sometimes it almost, that's why I think a lot of times things show up in dreams or visions or whatever, because it kicks our conscious minds out of the way. It's like, you know what? I need to get this into the earth somehow. And it isn't going to happen if I wait for somebody to figure it out, you know? <laughs> so we just have these random dreams. Some of the greatest inventors of all time, um, drew from dreams to create what they've created. So it requires a different type of thinking and experience. And I think that's a fun challenge I'm willing to step up to and take. You know, I've lived a lot of my life that way. Um, you know, the whole what if thing again. But anywho, fun discussion. Right. Uh, William uh, summed it up well. Um, and this is exactly what I meant. Uh, he said, I would argue that if you and UK Tony went uh, back to the same point in time, your experience would be the same. The event is the event. It's how you interpret it and perceive it that would be different. Yeah, and that's what I meant. I just didn't communicate it well. Exactly. Uh, Robert says, Tony, just had this thought about the lottery. What if winning the lottery would knock one off the track? of their life purpose, whether you believe it is given or chosen is irrelevant. Could be. I don't know. Or the opposite could be true too, that it was always part of your life plan that you would somehow gain the insight you needed to win the lottery to accomplish. <laughs> Mark says, flying was once dismissed as a silly thought of an overactive imagination. Um, see how that turned out. Yeah, Kristen is actually related somehow to the Wright brothers. I forget how that comes through her family, but 
So maybe maybe our the secret answer we're looking for is locked up in her brain somewhere. Uh, Tony says Tesla said we've got to think in a new way to develop. Um, in a new way to develop past where we are right now. He was meaning quantum physics. It's becoming his thinking that is taking us to the next energy levels, which is where we started this week. Yeah, Tesla is one person I would love to sit down and talk to. Um, that guy was something else. Um, and Kathleen says, our culture is... Uh, not only isn't the only culture, it's not nearly the most advanced culture in terms of metaphysics. Older, wiser cultures like Tibetan monks seem to consider us Westerners to be spiritually children, and we lack the language to discuss it well. I would totally agree with that observation, for sure. Yep, well put. Mark says Tesla lived outside the box. Yeah, way outside the box. Uh, and I mean, the fact that so many of his patents are still um, top secret, listed as top secret by the government, kind of is a testament to that fact. That dude, if anybody in our modern time had a shot at developing time machine, it would be that dude right there. For sure. At least in a conventional physical sense. All right. Well, that's all I have, folks. Very interesting discussion. Um, I love it. That's one of the reasons I love doing these shows on Tuesdays is that we're kind of all over the place as far as topics, but really good, um, really good stuff that makes you think beyond, you know, just the normal humdrum of the day. <laughs> I know it helps me. I, I benefit from it for sure, but I enjoy interacting with many of you as well. Um, you know, it's fun. That's, I really enjoy it. And, uh, Mark and Kathleen both said, thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, we'll have to talk sometime, Mark, about, uh, the Tesla information that you have. I have a bunch of it too. Uh, probably not as comprehensive as you do though. Um, Robert says, thanks, Tony. You're very welcome. And Tony says, I love these sessions. You're very welcome. Kathleen says, uh, have a Tesla episode. That could be fun. Actually, that could be a lot of fun. I'll, I'll think about that one for sure. I'm, um, he has a, a grandson or I think it's a grandson I want to say that um, I've talked to before and uh, we've exchanged email and Facebook messages and stuff like that before and he has some interesting insights as well but anyway all right well that's all I have folks I hope you have uh, an awesome week this week and uh, we will reconvene next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern for another discussion on who knows what. <laughs> we'll find out when we get there in time.